Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Jerko Zuvela, who's the MD of Argosi Minerals. They're an ASX-listed lithium player. Their asset is in Argentina. We spoke to Jerko last December, and we got an update from him. Since then, he's had approval for the plant. They're still missing the cash, the 15 million bucks. We ask why Mitsubishi, their offtake partner, hasn't stepped into the breach. And we talk through some of the options available to them. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Jerko, how are you, sir? Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me today. Looking very dark in that room. Where you, you, you hold up in a, in a bunker somewhere. Yeah, we're bunkering down here in Perth. It's a beautiful sunny day actually today. So uh, if you called me a bit earlier, you would have seen all the sunlight. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just better. I'm just better, Jericho. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should be having sun over there now, shouldn't you? Oh, give it another month or two. Yeah, I'll, I've um, we'll, we'll get our two weeks of sunshine. It'll be fine. Hey, right. So let's uh, let's kick off with the one minute summary for people new to this, and then we'll pick it up from there. Argosy Minerals, uh, our Corpo project, is the Rincon Lithium project in Argentina. It's a brine project. And we've been able to be very successful over the last few years and predominantly in the last sort of 12 months where we've built a pilot plant, industrial scale pilot plant, producing battery quality lithium carbonate and uh, providing it into, into the cathode industry, which is obviously all about feeding into batteries and, and electric vehicles. And we think we're, we're one of the, the leading proponents of, of, of lithium project developers. And we're hopeful that um, you know, we can continue our project development via uh, sourcing new funding in the short term and continuing to, to develop the Rincon Lithium project to a commercial scale. Okay. COVID-19, big impact in the mining world. Obviously, Argentina, pretty quick to shut down everything. Are you able to do anything since we spoke in December? Have you been, I mean, obviously, I think it was mid, maybe early December. So what's been happening in country? Yeah, um, up until probably mid to late March, uh, everything was sort of going pretty well. Um, you know, we've, we received our permits to build a 2000 tonne per annum plant. We'd been in production at our industrial scale pilot plant, ready to, to deliver the product to our, our sales customer. Uh, unfortunately, on about the 20th of March, uh, the, the government enacted the, the measures, which slowed things down for us, unfortunately, uh, just due to the fact that Government, government departments, uh, you know, where we need to get the export documents closed down. Uh, that sort of has started slowly opening up again now. So we're back on the case, and we're obviously hopeful that we can carry that out in the in the in the short term over the next week or two. But um, Argentina is still effectively in lockdown. Uh, there is some essentials uh, activities that can be done. Mining production is one of them. So there is ways we can go about doing work as as required. But I guess from our perspective, we do have a lot of plant operators and people that um, are traveling. So, um, you know, we're probably just maintaining our quarantine measures at the moment, just purely to maintain the health and safety of, of all our employees on the ground in Argentina. Okay, last time we spoke, we talked about the pilot plant. Okay, you've got your approvals now, which is, which is great, but you haven't been able to finance it. So have you been able to move that along any or are you still in discussion have you got a solution anytime soon yeah uh, we had met, we were making good progress uh through to you know mid-march um we were speaking to various groups obviously uh, end users through asia mainly japan and korea we were speaking to some european groups and you know we've probably got a lot of traction out of the european groups um more recently and that's i guess due to the fact that uh, europe seems to be pushing the 
the EV path and the, the clean energy path a lot more than perhaps uh, other parts of the world. So we're making some good progress there. Obviously, we're looking for a funding solution that is uh, aligned with uh, the company and our shareholders. And obviously, that probably uh, signifies that we're looking more for a debt sort of uh, funding package, which again, we're sort of working on. Again, probably our shareholders are probably getting a bit frustrated with me to say that we're continuing to progress. But, you know, I think uh, if if COVID hadn't come in mid-March, we might have been, you know, there or thereabouts by about now. Um, we, we are hopefully going to restart with those groups soon because they have been out of action for the last six weeks with, with lockdowns in, in, you know, in Central Europe. Uh, they haven't been able to go to their offices and, and so forth, so it's very difficult to do any work. Same as our sort of Japanese and Korean counterparts. The Japanese are in lockdown again now. You know, our, our, our main customer, Mitsubishi, they're all working from home and very limited in what they can do. So, um, you know, we're hopeful. And like I said, our, our shareholders probably won't appreciate that. But, um, you know, we are progressing and we think uh, now with restrictions easing in Europe, uh, we might be able to continue progression, progressing there. And hopefully in Korea and Japan, we can continue um, once they're sort of eased off a little bit. But I'm hopeful. And I think, you know, once we see the back end of this virus and pandemic uh, and we see how sort of the, the supply demand equation pans out, given what's happened in other sort of other operations um you know we think we're 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 the leading lithium project development uh, company and, and project to be able to move to that next phase so that's obviously puts us in good stead uh, like i said we've got our industrial scale pilot plant producing no one else can say they're producing and and selling their product on commercials or not commercial volume but on on more than lab scale volumes so we think we're ahead of the pack there and uh, i think that's been appreciated by the groups we've been speaking to but saying that, obviously, the you know the hard part is convincing groups to, to provide those funds because they see the lithium market is in a you know in a little bit of a slump at the moment. Lithium prices are still you know sort of low, and um, you know it, it's still hard going. But you know we're hopeful. We we got to be hopeful, and, and we are, and we're very positive. We think our project, like I said, is is you know the leading development project bar none. And um, you know with a bit more time, I think we'll get there, and then we'll continue. Uh, we have had some offers um, that probably haven't aligned with our interests, but again, uh, they're good backups. So, you know, we're pretty confident that we'll get the funding and, and we'll be able to move forward uh, okay, let, in let, the short term. Let me understand if I understand the argument there. It, 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 either they're not funding it because it's of COVID-19 impacting their ability to work, or they're not funding it because they think lithium's in a slump and they're waiting to see what that does to the, to the marketplace, right? Because deals are happening out there. I don't, I don't think COVID is necessarily impacting people's ability to fund. So I'm intrigued as to what, they, what they're nervous about, what's holding them back from you know, pressing the button. Because you know, there's, there's lots of conversation and dialogue around the psychology of what COVID-19 is going to do globally in terms of buying, consumer buying behavior. And the EV revolution as such potentially may suffer. People may delay purchases of brand new cars um, because they, 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 they feel they've never been through something as serious as this. They've never been as damaged uh, as they have been financially as, as this. Do you think that whole um, conversation around the psychology buying behavior is going to damage your industry, that, sorry, the industry that you want to feed into, whichever ecosystem you get into, whether you go the Chinese battery ecosystem or the European. Is that going to impact your ability to get financed anytime soon? Listen, I'm sure it will have an impact. How much of an impact? That's the question. 
And just sort of to your point about, um, you know, things are getting financed, sure, in, in other sectors, but no one in lithium has been financed for, for, you know, for quite a while to build a new project. So that's, um, you know, that's, I think, a, a big differentiation um, in terms of which one of the two. Um, listen, I think the traditional sources of funding for lithium developers was impacted by, by uh, I guess, lithium prices and the slump in, in the lithium sector. But like I said, some of these newer groups that we've been speaking with, and, and especially the Europeans, they've been more proactive and probably haven't looked at it from that angle as much as the positive of moving forward under this, you know, this clean energy, um, EV, battery sort of sector. And that's probably been impacted by COVID because that's sort of something new to us. We haven't really targeted that market previously, and that sort of was something this year. And like I said, unfortunately, that's sort of been impacted by that. So there is, you know, there is various groups, um, you know, some of the Japanese groups, um, albeit that they have moved reasonably slowly, but they were still moving forward. And sure, it might not be a, an immediate uh, outcome with them. But like I said, they've been impacted by, by COVID measures as well. So listen, it's probably a, an easy answer to say a little bit of both. But uh, we think um, probably where we will get our funding has probably been impacted by COVID, given that you know, we've probably made the the, the, the quickest um, or the, the fastest progress we have made uh, has been with those guys in, in more recent times following the, the announcement of our approvals for, for building the next stage plant. Remind me again why Mitsubishi aren't financing you. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm not quite sure of that myself, but obviously they're an international conglomerate. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're the biggest by far of the, of the conglomerates in Japan. And, you know, as, and I guess words from their mouths is, you know, we don't fund Greenfield's new projects, we fund expansion and Brownfield's projects. And, um, you know, they don't like taking the, the risk of getting in early doors. And, you know, given we're not even moving to the full commercial scale, um, um, you know, that's, you know, a small scale investment is, is probably just as much work for them as a, the full scale investment that we need. And I think, you know, the, the same dynamics that I've mentioned before in terms of the lithium markets, um, that's causing them concern because any investment you want to return on that and you know while lithium prices are low and, and that's probably why most lithium or all lithium companies the ones that are able to to move to that next phase of, of development have been restricted because um, you know the price at the moment is not feasible to bring new projects online it's you know seven to nine thousand dollars per ton of uh, sales price you know is marginal probably for you know to be able to service debt and, and bring new projects online due to the CapEx requirements. So that's been the challenge, and that's why we've taken this interim step, low CapEx, but as we've been told by a few others, you know, 200 million or 15 million is, you know, in the same category of, of um, review for these, for these groups. So, you know, at the end of the day, you probably need to do the same amount of work for, for both steps, um, but we still think it's, you know, as we've been told by these groups, that is a, a less or a better approach to de-risking the project by taking this interim step. So why they haven't, you know, it's a tough one for, to, to answer, but, you know, I understand, you know, it, it is difficult for them to, to press a button as well, given, you know, the things we just talked about. How much cash have you got? Uh, as of the last quarter, we had five point, just over $5.1 million Australian, which sort of sees us for about six, about six or seven quarters of current financing. And, and if we do need to, you know, slow down a little bit, obviously that will make us last longer, but we're very confident that, you know, well and truly before that time, will have secured the, you know, the, the CapEx finance to, to go to the next stage. So, you know, again, uh, we're not in a situation where we're desperate for cash at all. Okay. You're, you're confident that you'll secure financing, um, but what needs to happen to the lithium market for you, or sorry, for the people you're talking to, to be able to offer you the money? Because it's been in a slump for a while. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, for to have rather than one or two groups that are serious, to have six or seven groups to have options, you need that lithium price to go up. You know, people need to understand that, you know, that the China spot price is not the real price of lithium. But saying that to get an established customer to buy your product, you need to be an established producer. So you do need to you do need to be able to make your project work at that China spot price, which is, you know, the part that's down at that seven or eight thousand dollars a tonne. Um, but you know the, the established customers are paying you know eight to nine to ten thousand dollars a ton for lithium carbonate. So you know if you can get an established customer, you're up and running because your numbers work, your models work, your financial models can work. But um, you know if they're going to use the base case scenario, the Chinese spot price, uh, it makes it more difficult. So you really do need you know it really is purely based on on lithium price. Um, and the secondary part to that is understanding the mechanics behind that because it's not a once not a one price fits all. There is various prices for various products across this industry. Various customers are paying their the, the producers different prices. And uh, you know, we were in Japan late last year and you know we came across some small scale cathode manufacturers that were paying well above market price. And you know if you can get one of them as a customer, then you know there's no problem. But you know they're the ones that aren't going to fund you. So you know it's a bit of a chicken egg. Do you lock in your offtake before you get funding or do you get the funding and then work on the offtake? So you know, we're trying to navigate around all that and, um, you know, lithium prices were higher, it'd be a lot easier with a lot more um, options for us. So ideally would like that. Okay. So, if, you know, let's, let's talk about that hypothesis that if buying behavior does change and the demand for electric vehicle cars is, does not ramp up as quickly as it perhaps may have done pre-COVID, um, decision making is going to slow down um, as, as a result. Are you at all nervous that you see a prolonged slump in lithium price and you are going to have to go back and talk to, you, you mentioned earlier, there are some offers on the table which are not necessarily what at a price that you think is right for you or your shareholders. Are you nervous that you may have to go back cap in hand and say, well, actually, maybe we can talk now or need to talk now? Yeah, listen, if you'd asked me that question a month ago, I'd say, you know, I think we're pretty good with our uh, the options that we've got on the table and they'll come through. But like you said, with this you know, this, this pandemic, uh, we're not sure what the thinking is, you know, or what that thinking may end up when they're ready to, you know, when we're, we're out of this. So, sure. But, um, you know, what we're doing in behind the scenes is making sure that those secondary options are as palatable to us as possible. So, you know, rather than taking those discussions to an advanced level now, given we think we've got the, the better options on the table, it just means we need to go and negotiate with those groups uh, to try to find that, you know, happy medium where we're happy and they're happy. So it is possible. The money, I think, is out there. It's just ensuring that it works for both parties, um, you know, the, the negotiated outcomes. Okay, I want to I know what's going on in your head at the moment because the, you and the board must have different strategies that you're looking for because the, the market's changing and evolving. You don't know, quite frankly, what it's going to look like next week, let alone, you know, at the end of the year. So what are the options? You, you talked there about going and maybe getting an offtake in place, but obviously that's going to reduce the potential value that you can accrete if you do things the way you want to do them. So what are the different options that you've got on the, t the table? Because there's going to be, you need to allow for all possibilities. So Absolutely. how are you mitigating risk? Mitigating risk by speaking to all those various options and groups associated with those options. And we think, you know, the primary option is, like I said, uh, uh, you know, primarily a debt funding package. And there has there are groups that can provide that. So obviously we go down that path, um, but there is groups that want to associate funding with offtake. 
so you can work around you know perhaps prepayments or, or some sort of debt arrangements um, and you know and things that they're probably more looking for which is equity and you know project involvement so they're the, they're the, they're the tricky ones uh, and then obviously you've got other investor groups that are more you know in the moment and 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 want to ensure that you know it's a win-win or you know a, a strong win for them in the short term rather than the longer term and and obviously where you know to build a project you need to be focused on the longer term so we need to to be mindful across all those options obviously the preference is those groups that want to join us and and, and go through the the stages of building this this project um, but if you can't do that like i said you you've got to go with those other options and maybe the quick fix that that isn't ideal but at least it keeps your project moving forward and you know we've seen some of that successful you look at um you know some of the companies that have taken that stance and probably more so in the spodumene market which has probably been impacted a lot more than what the brine uh, given we produce an end, end chemical product um, but you know some of our peers in, in that regard have been able to get that short-term funding and progress and then refinance and unfortunately some haven't been able to do that and have fallen over obviously we don't want to be in that category and that's where the risk mitigation is ensuring that we don't accept something that is going to end us up in, in a position where you know we're out of business so what so what is the best worst case scenario or the worst best case scenario for you and what does that mean for you in terms of you know how would that impact you in terms of your decision making going forward um yeah listen it's it, i think the two are different the worst best case and the best worst case they might be sort of close by but um you know where where we're looking at those options that you know that don't quite suit us um which is as i mentioned you know these these groups that are, are more short-term thinking um but um you know again maybe i'm overly optimistic but i honestly think that we'll get one of those options that are, are preferable for us and it's just what that looks like whether it's a, a funding group that provides the the funding package and leaves you to go and deal with the offtake with the but give me some numbers joker give me some numbers here because you know we're kind of flailing around with you know, describing what ifs, but give me some numbers of like, what is it that you're looking for? Funding for what, 15 million bucks to get your plant up and running and a bit of GNA, presumably. Um, yep. Or does it, what, what does it look like? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly the package we're talking about. 15 to $20 million US to bring these projects uh, into operation. Uh, and that covers, uh, you know, the CapEx and, and working capital. And that's exactly what we're looking for. So it's a mix of, you know, how much, you know, we've, we've given the financial models to some of these groups. We know how much we can service on the debt side of things. Um, but again, that comes back to sales price. So depending on the sales price, it will, it will determine how much of, of that component we can take as debt and how much we might need to consider as, as perhaps equity or, 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 or other, um, you know, mechanism to, to bring the remainder of that money in. But we think a, a good proportion of that uh, can be serviced as debt, you know, probably $15 million can be serviced as, as debt. Uh, given you know our modelling, and, and that's based on some you know fairly low lithium price assumptions, you know seven to, to eight thousand dollars a ton, and hopefully rising over the next few years. So you know we can we can do this as a traditional sort of uh, debt funding package. So if we look if we look at the market, maybe almost flip it on its head. There's a lot of production being taken out of the market. Let's make it let's make this a positive conversation. A lot of product being taken out of the market. Um, and, you know, the big players like Oracobra, et cetera, you know, they've had to presumably, so, well, let me ask, have they completely stopped production or have they been affected in terms of productivity? In Argentina, Liven and Oracobra did stop for a couple of weeks, but they're back up and running now. Chile's operations didn't quite stop, but they had some supply issues. 
but really what stopped is is or not stopped but halted and um predominantly stopped is these australian spodumene operators uh where you know they've slowed right down and that's you know that's obviously what's um gone into the market in terms of like you said the supply supply dropping off but generally the the brine operators have been economic through these you know these last 18 months of lower prices and that's why you know those guys are still okay and the, the spodumene guys have haven't been as successful because you know they're they're more impacted by by the spodumene price being as low as it has, but um, you know the chemical price. You know you saw our Cobra's quarterly results. They're selling product at about five thousand dollars a ton, so you know they're still profitable at even those low prices. But obviously they don't have any debt. As soon as you've got to service some debt, then obviously you need that lithium price to be a little bit higher to be, to be able to do that. Now if you did it all as equity, you can operate on a similar sort of um, margin to to our Cobra and and some of it. You know even SQM put a lot of the some of their product in the market at the lower end as well, uh, the lower quality stuff. But it's all about finding the right customer who's prepared to appreciate the quality of product that you can do. And that's what we've worked a lot on in improving that quality, uh, not only to be battery quality, but to have very low uh, impurities and, and, and very low uh, quantities of, of the specification requirements that are impacting for the cathode manufacturers. Uh, and, you know, like I said, we've done a lot of, we've had a lot of samples tested by these various groups. We've sent uh, those results to, to other groups as well through Europe, Korea, and Japan. And they all come back saying, you know, or most of them come back saying, yep, yeah, the quality is acceptable and we can buy that quality of product. So it's really just getting into production, finding that party that's prepared to invest in us. Once we get the funding, we can then go and work out the, the offtake arrangements with these groups and hopefully sort of secure the pricing that we need to, to make it all, um, you know, fairly safe for us to move forward. Okay, so th- those are all ifs and buts at the moment, okay? Do you feel vulnerable to a takeover? Because you can't get this funding in place. The market's not, condition's not in your favour. Potentially, battery uh, metal companies are going to you know, see a little a dip you know, in, in demand. Um, I appreciate there's tens of billions of dollars of infrastructure being built up in ecosystems in the US and Europe and, and, and China, but even they must you know, take pause for thought um, here. Are you vulnerable to a takeover or some kind of M&A activity, or would you welcome it? Listen, we're obviously not favourable for a takeover at the moment, given where we, where we sit in the you know in the, on the market cap side of things. But you know, we're always talking with parties who are open to those sort of discussions. Um, I don't think we're we're um, you know we're we're concerned about any sort of hostile takeover. I think you know I don't think the market's quite there yet. You know, our discussions with some of these larger producers and larger groups, you know, that's not their thinking either. I think, you know, what they appreciate is this business is built around processing technology and the expertise around that. And there's not a lot of that. And you don't want to sort of go hostile because you may lose that technology. So if you're going to do anything, um, it's about doing it the right way. So I think, you know, that's that's positive in that regard. Um, but, you know, again, if there's opportunities, you know, obviously we'd like to be on the front foot in that regard. But, you know, if someone's bigger and, and, and better than us to to come in and have a chat with us, we're, we're always open to, to those discussions. But we think, you know, for our shareholders that the best value can be derived by us continuing to, to build the project and develop the project because, you know, we think that's amenable. But again, if someone came with funding to offer us a package out of left field that, you know, had to consider some, something like that, again, if it works for the company and our shareholders, then we're open to it for okay. sure. What, I mean, generally what's happening in the lithium market re-M&A at the moment, or what do you see happening the rest of this year? Um, listen, we're seeing a few oil and gas 
companies coming back into the fold. Obviously, we saw in Argentina last year, um, uh, Plus Petrol take over Lithium X, I think it was, uh, or Lithium S, sorry. Um, so we're seeing some of those groups at the moment. We've spoken to some of them in recent times as well. So, you know, that's interesting because that's sort of a little bit of left field. Um, yeah, and again, um, you know, like I said, you're seeing some of these European groups uh, that, you know, probably we hadn't had a lot to do with up until late last year or early this year coming into the fold as well. So I think you're seeing, and, and you're seeing sort of, you know, the, the guys upstream coming a little bit downstream to have those discussions and, and not so much M&A, but, you know, working out supply lines, supply chains and things like that and working closer together. And I think that's probably the way it's going to go down the track. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of this sort of pandemic. But I think they've got their own problems, haven't they, Choco? I mean, they, those, I mean, oil and gas, crikey, who'd be in that space at the moment? You know, we, we were talking about... <laughs> Maybe that's why they're looking at lithium. <laughs> Maybe. If they've got the cash, but what, what they haven't got coming in is... Uh, revenue at the moment because or certainly not making any money at the moment so again that's another audience potential audience who may be looking at investing in lithium who just won't be there for 2020. yeah and you know and you could probably escalate that to you know across the whole investment climate or investment sector because people are going to be cautious with their funds at the moment but i think you know again we've seen you know we've seen in australia here australia's stock market at its best uh, month ever, you know, I think we rose 25 odd percent. Um, you know, people are generally optimistic. Um, you know, Australia is probably a, a reasonable place at the moment to, to do business. Where that's coming from, I'm not, you know, in terms of specific sectors. Obviously, the gold sector is going great guns at the moment, but I think you know people are positive. People need to deploy their, their funds somewhere. Obviously, got a lot of these superannuation funds that are still getting money in. They need to deploy cash. You don't want to have it in a bank, and that's probably some of the interest we've had, where some of these groups. Their other option is you know, put in a bank and get negative interest rates. So um, you know there is opportunities, and you just got to present yourself as you know a very good alternative to your peers and and, and attract that. But um, there, you know there is things that perhaps post pandemic you know maybe weren't considered and, and become new opportunities. And, and as I said, you know obviously the oil and gas sector, the, the lithium sector is like a smidgen on, on the oil and gas sector. But again, it's always new opportunities, seeing what's seeing what's out there and. Like I said, some of these green energy funds or clean energy funds across Europe are, are going to be more prevalent. We've seen some you know, funds out of the US investing in certain uh, clean energy sectors as well. You know, our technology is very clean. You know, we, we don't consume much energy. We can do it as solar. Um, you know, our process, you know, we take in a, a, a brine, a salty water. We put back a, a clean water. So there's no, there's no damage to the environment. The process is, is uh, you know, very, very clean and pure. And we think, you know, if, if it is going to be a new clean energy world, given we've seen all the pollution sort of clear up over the last month or so with industry closing down, um, we can add further to that. We can we can produce um, effectively a clean energy uh, and without sort of putting all the all the crap back into the into the atmosphere, which you know obviously we're seeing at the moment. And some of our peer companies, uh, obviously the spodumene operators with the conversion facilities in China, that's a very dirty process. puts a lot of you know crap back into the atmosphere. So maybe we just need to refine uh, where that where this energy comes from and how it's derived, and, and we think we're one of the proponents that you know are, are going to benefit from that. I think that's a great point. There's clean energy, and then there's clean energy. It's a great point. Maybe a, a, a conversation for another day. Chuck, thank you very much for that update. Um, I do hope things progress for you along with those conversations, and you know, pick up the phone and let us know when they when they do once we all get out of this sure. phase that we're having to go through. 
Yeah, stay well, healthy, all your team, and thanks again for your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.